Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, sales fall at Ford. GM boosts bolt production and adds a former Tesla executive to its board. And Lithia adds former Toyota executive Jim Lentz to its board. Plus, should more dealers and automakers consider an agency model for retail to compete with newer companies like Tesla? We'll hear from Hyundai Canada's CEO, Don Romano. We're going to be competing head-on with the Teslas, the Rivians, the Lucids, and consumers like the way they do business with those companies. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford sales fell nearly 9% last month, even as inventories grew. The slip in sales comes behind an 18% drop in truck volume and flat utility sales. It also ends three straight monthly gains at both Ford and Lincoln brands. Ford sales were up 16% in the third quarter compared with the same period last year. Volkswagen Group's VW brand said third quarter sales in the U.S. rose 12% to almost 89,000 vehicles. That ends a streak of four consecutive quarterly declines behind a 24% gain in deliveries of utility vehicles. Sales skidded for a 13th straight month at Volvo with a 29% decline in September. You can find all the updated monthly and quarterly sales results at autonews.com. General Motors says it's ramping up its electric vehicle assembly plans, hiking production of the Chevrolet Bolt and other models. GM reported its highest quarterly sales of the Chevy Bolt EV and Bolt EUV, totaling almost 15,000 vehicles. Bolt sales are down 11% for the first nine months of the year versus the same period last year. In June, GM said it would sharply cut Bolt prices after it halted sales for six months following a battery recall. GM will boost Bolt production for global markets to more than 70,000 units in 2023. That's up from about 44,000 vehicles this year. At the same time, GM is adding some EV expertise to its board of directors. Former Tesla and Lyft executive John McNeil will join as the board's 13th member. McNeil was Tesla's president of global sales, delivery, and service from 2015 to 2018. He was Lyft's chief operating officer for a year and a half before leaving to co-found the venture capital firm DVX Ventures. At Tesla, McNeil oversaw all customer-facing operations during a period when the company's sales more than doubled. In other board news, fast-growing Lithia Motors has added former Toyota Motor North America CEO Jim Lentz to its board of directors. Lithia's board recently expanded from seven to eight members. The dealership group's board elected Lentz to fill the new seat. That's according to a document filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Lentz retired from Toyota in March 2020. He had been with the company for 38 years. Lentz officially joined Lithia's board on October 1st. And those are today's headlines. Jamie Ford with a little dip in the, their numbers last month, even though their inventories grew. What is that all about? Yeah, it was uh, kind of a surprise in that uh, Ford's sales had been increasing. Their production seems to have been increasing. Uh, and then we had this hiccup. But you remember they had that warning about third quarter results. Part of that was because of higher prices paid to suppliers, general inflation within the supply chain. But another chunk of it was about thousands of vehicles that they couldn't sell because of missing parts. Turns out a lot of them were missing badges. The company that makes them had 
been accused of leaking some cancer-causing chemicals into a local river. So it had to shut down for a while, leaving these trucks and utilities without their badges and unable to be sold. Wow, sometimes it's something as simple as the badges. Uh, Coming up, we'll hear why one automaker in Canada says dealers need to change the way they do business in order to compete with Tesla. That's next on Daily Drive. Hi, I'm Pete Bigelow, host of Shift, a podcast about mobility from Automotive News. Each week, I bring you a conversation with leaders who are on the cutting edge of transportation, like this one with consultant and strategist Salika Josiah Talbot. The technologists are forcing themselves in a space that they shouldn't be. And I think the social scientists and politicians are falling down on the job. To hear more about the new technology and policy reshaping the way people and goods move around, join me on Shift. New episodes each Sunday on autonews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The advent of companies like Tesla, Rivian, and Lucid brings new challenges to the way the auto industry has sold cars and trucks for decades. As those companies grow, more customers will be able to buy their vehicles directly from the manufacturer. That has some automakers looking at a new retail model, especially outside of the United States, Under the agency model, the manufacturer becomes the retailer, while the dealer remains the physical touchpoint with the customer. The dealer-turned-agent receives a commission on each sale, but doesn't own the inventory and no longer individually sets prices or discounts. In Canada, Hyundai's luxury brand Genesis has developed its own agency-style retail model. I spoke with Hyundai Canada CEO Don Romano about why that model works for Genesis and where it may not work. Here's our conversation. Don Romano, welcome to Daily Drive. Oh, thanks, Jamie. Good to you, see you. You as well. So let's get right into it. What is your elevator pitch for the agency model? You know, you're on you're on an elevator in Las Vegas with a dealer from the from the US Midwest. What is your what is your pitch to them to say, hey, this agency model thing, this could be good? Well, I would first start by saying I'm not sure the agency model works in all cases. Uh, It worked in Canada. It worked for Genesis. We're the fastest growing brand. Six years ago, I went out and signed up the dealers individually. Uh, There was a lot of apprehension, which you should expect. But we were uh, only dealing with Hyundai dealers, uh, the best in the country. And yeah, again, there's a lot of apprehension, but we're good partners. We decided to work through this together. Uh, we saw a common uh, concern forthcoming uh, on the horizon, and that is the direct sales model. And Genesis is moving into an all-electric uh, format, so we're going to be competing head-on with the Teslas, the Rivians, the Lucids, and you know consumers like the way they do business with those customers, with those uh, companies. They like the way uh, they buy their cars online. Uh, they like the hassle-free, transparent environment, and. We like having independent business people represent us because they do a fantastic job. So we came up with a solution and we, uh, you can call it an agency model. Uh, we call it a hybrid model, but uh, it was based on being able to compete effectively against the new competition that we see coming in a way that allows us to sell directly online, but fully involves our independent dealers, our Hyundai dealers. And again, it's, it's been a tremendous success fastest growing brand for three years. Uh, We're outselling a lot of other competitors now that uh, we were not uh, outselling five years ago. And uh, the customer service rankings are at the top. 
So we're uh, one of the best, if not the best in handling our customers. So customers like the way this model works. As for the dealers who are apprehensive, I would say if I were going to switch them back, they would be equally apprehensive, if not upset with me, because uh, they like the fact that we are getting full gross for our vehicles, which is a fair price, and that's the price we should get. And uh, they like having their customers excited about not only the product, but the process of acquiring and the ownership process with the cars. So tell me a little more about how it works, right? Does I mean, when I think of an agency model, I feel like, you know, the brand owns the vehicles, maybe in a separate storage lot with a just a handful of sample models out at the dealer. People order them or they're held on the dealer's lots. But the dealer makes, say, $500 or you know, $800 per vehicle sold, or maybe, you know, 400 if they sell it and a thousand if they get a five-star review or something like that. How, how does that money work as opposed to, you know, the dealer buys it as soon as it rolls off the factory floor, and then it's up to the dealer to find the clearing price in the local market? Yeah. Well, you first start with a consolidated centralized inventory, right? So uh, dealers still have cars for test drives. They have cars for their showrooms. Um, but you start off with a consolidated inventory that customers can go purchase. So you don't have to worry about dealer trades. You don't have to worry about anything. You can actually see what's available and we will ship them anywhere in the country after the orders are placed online. Uh, similar to the way uh, you'll see the, the direct sales companies do their business. And um, it gives everybody access to all inventory. And that's that's basically how it works. You pay the price that uh, the price is from us. So the dealers have that opportunity to say, listen, <laughs> we can't discount because you're buying from the factory. Uh, so it is the full price. But let me show you what you get for the full price. And it includes all of the maintenance. I mean, basically everything you can think of is covered within that price. So uh, they'll never have to spend another dime on the vehicle for the five years that uh, we, we covered the, the vehicle. And uh, that's, that's, that's it. So you're selling the value of the vehicle. You're selling the value of the relationship with the, uh, with the agent, the distributor. And uh, again, we also built facilities that ensure uh, optimal profitability for the, for the dealerships. So the dealerships, the Genesis facilities are located next to or near the Hyundai facilities. So we can leverage a lot of the tools, the training and the backend service capabilities at the Hyundai store, which are very similar. So uh, the buildings are 7,000 square feet. That keeps uh, the footprint low. A lot of the footprints uh, are in the existing facility footprint of the Hyundai store. So they didn't have to acquire additional land. And that's, that's basically how it works. So it's uh, you know, if you look at it from a consumer's point of view, it's just very hassle-free. You just go online, you buy the car, the car gets delivered, but the, the prices aren't negotiable. And uh, we maintain those prices by providing a superior customer service. So I can see how that works well currently when we have such a, a tight market. I mean, shoot, uh, if you can pay sticker price, you're almost, you're getting a steal. Uh, over the last past year or so, uh, I, you know, I guess the concern would be, you know, it, let's say in three years and there's oversupply again or, you know, a key brand here or there, a BMW, a Mercedes, and those dealers can uh, can counterpunch. And while, yeah, customers say they don't want to 
have to negotiate on price. They also don't want to feel like they're leaving money on the table. Yeah, I think you have to look back three years ago, not not forward three years, where we had chips, we had inventory, we had plenty of it. We still had the same process, and we were still the fastest growing brand in in Canada. So, um, yeah, it 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 works. But then you also have to realize that the onus on the inventory falls on the manufacturer. So it's really up to us. The dealer still will not discount. It's really up to us to figure out what it's going to take to move those vehicles. But the dealer maintains their, their profitability. So it's, it's a good deal. I think the, the real question just becomes, can you do it on a larger scale? Uh, again, we're, we're doing in Canada, you know, six, 7,000 vehicles. So logistically and uh, procedurally, it's a lot easier than Hyundai, which is doing 130 to 150,000. So you don't see me rushing to the agency model for Hyundai uh, because I I don't see that being the solution. But we do have to evolve. We still have to come up with solutions that get the customers uh, excited about buying our products from our independent business people as opposed to going to the direct sales model OEMs. And uh, again, if you don't see the growth of those OEMs forthcoming, then you're not really taking a close look. They're, they're coming, they're going to come on strong. But I still believe that the independent business person is the best way to represent us. And they represent us, whether it's a distributor agency agreement, a hybrid agreement, or whether it's a franchise agreement. To me, you know, that's logistics that we have to work through. The real important thing is evolving so that we can compete against the direct model in a way that the customers want to do business with us. And that's going to continue to grow. And the problems that you're referring to potentially in the future are the same issues that will be faced by a lot of these other direct selling OEMs. They're they're going to face the same issues. There's going to be a lot more EVs out there and they're going to be faced with the same, the same challenges. The question is, you know, is it the dealer's going to be overloaded with inventory and having to discount and take small grosses and salespeople are going to get minis or are they going to make a good living, a good return on their investment and be able to maintain their grosses and the, the factory is going to have to figure out, okay, how together are we going to compete and keep that inventory in balance with demand? I think it's much more of a true partnership as we look into the future than it's been in the past. So with Genesis, you really, you basically launched it with the uh, hybrid model. So, you know, I, I do wonder, I think part of, you know, again, another challenge aside from competing with more volume and maybe, you know, not as targeted against, you know, these uh, new players. I mean, and Tesla is already dominant in the luxury space, at least in, in the US, and I'm sure they're uh, right up there in Canada as well. So, you know, you've got to be able to compete with that, but I, I do wonder, yeah, for those that would consider converting a brand where dealers don't have that, how do you convince them? Or and, and I guess when you were signing them up, how did you assure them that their compensation would remain, you know, fair, robust, uh, that risks would be properly shared and all that, you know, going forward? Well, we'd worked together a long time. So I'd been with these dealers for quite some time. I've been up in Canada since 2006. Uh, so I had established uh, a good relationship with the dealers of, you know, where we trusted each other. We had uh, turned a lot of corners. It was a little rocky at first, and uh, but we worked together 
and uh, started traveling from one end of the continent to the other, just having conversations, no PowerPoint slides, no, no decks to hand out. It was just, just conversations about how we're going to make money in the future. How are you going to get a good return? Uh, the dealers in Canada, the Hyundai dealers, had uh, upgraded their facilities to almost a billion dollars worth of investment. So we felt, uh, I felt, a personal obligation, our company felt a big obligation to make sure they get a good return. And here we go and launch a brand new flagship luxury brand. So we wanted to think differently because we, we saw the, the market evolving. Would I then, now again, Genesis was a clean sheet of paper. So we started with the ability to create something from scratch to convert something. I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not doing that with Hyundai. I don't think that uh, that makes a lot of sense right now. Uh, and in the future, I'll leave it to the dealers and our conversations to lead us into the direction we need to go. I don't think we can unilaterally say, this is the direction we have to take, do it. And I don't think the dealers know exactly at this point what the future holds. So I think that the partnership has never been more important. I think that the, the trust and relationship have to be strong before you would embark on trying to evolve a business model on an existing platform, uh, on a franchise model. And, and that's not to say, I think the franchise model has the capability to do everything that the direct models can do without having to go to a hybrid or an agency model. But it requires, I think, a lot more cooperation between the OEM and the, the dealers, they have to have a strong relationship. And I think those strong relationships will be the foundation for success in the future for, for any brand. If you don't have the communication in place and the barbarians are at the gate and they're going to try to break through, uh, it's going to be a tough battle. Um, but if you work together, you can keep that gate nice and solid and protect our, you know, what we say, future proof our business. All right. Don Romano, CEO of Hyundai Canada, thank you for joining me today. Jamie, it's always great talking to you. Thanks a lot. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on retail, quarterly sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Assembly Ventures co-founder Chris Thomas about the challenges of investing with so much economic uncertainty. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.